Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Afterwork Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture, and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and best friends Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. Hello. Hello. A bit more we put together this week. Yeah, I know. I feel like we're refreshed. We're ready to go. We're ready to hit the road. A bit more prepared. I feel like so much has happened. I feel like we were thrilled because... Yeah, it's been a big week. It was like, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. We had like nine stories to send each other. You got a full slate of stuff. Most important of all is um, Gigi Hadid going on a date with The Bachelor. I mean, The Bachelorette yes. guy. I can't believe this is a thing in America that happens. It's so strange to me. Well, it only happened once with Sarah Hyland, which was weird enough. But, like, the fact that Gigi Hadid, like, it's so That's what weird. I mean. I'm like, it's so random. Yeah. But I guess I'm into it. I don't really know. Yeah, and he was spotted leaving her apartment, so that's a thing. I don't like. I don't like that they do that. I find that a bit off. Like what? Um, share for the paparazzi like camp out to see if he stays the night or not. Like it's a little bit rank. It's so gross. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. What did you think of the Taylor Swift Vogue cover? Um, the actual cover itself. Just the whole thing, the interview and the cover and. Her being on the September issue. Um, I really liked the interview. So did I. I feel like it was one of those things where I was like, oh, God, she's got me back in again, like hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. I'm back on Fox Taylor Swift's side again. I know, totally. how I felt. I was like, she's so – it was like – I felt halfway through, I was like, I know I'm being PR'd, but I respect the hustle so much that I'm back on side again. But I feel like she wasn't even, like, she wasn't even doing that much. The writer was really good at it, at their job. Yes. And, like, even when they were, like, Taylor Swift yes. literally felt like talking to me as much as she wanted to get her teeth pulled or something. Yeah, about the LGBTQ issue. Yeah, it was so funny. But I think I think some of it, I found her thing about not endorsing Hillary Clinton a little bit. Like iffy. Yeah, I was like, no. I was like, that's just you sitting thinking. What's a good reason I have for not doing that? And that's the best one that you came up with. Oh, totally. So basically, if like sixty-five thousand people went to the polls after she did a thing recently about Trump, it's like it would have been a positive thing. Yeah, she was like, oh, the reason I didn't come out for Hillary was because um, I thought it would be more detrimental to her campaign than helpful, and I was worried that like Trump would brand us both as like nasty women and that it would be a bad look for her and it would be playing into Donald's hands. And I was like, no, you have so many voters in the South and in those like key areas. Mm. 
that's just a very convenient story you spun. But apart from that, I think I think the thing with female pop stars is that you have to be constantly reinventing yourself to be relevant, and it's like a shitty thing that they have to do that men don't have to do. But Taylor Swift is just the master of it. She just always creates like a new persona and then every aspect of that new persona is like meticulously sorted and then she just delivers that in a package for you and you're just like yeah okay I can take this yeah I also um totally forget about the fact that she sued that DJ of um groping her under her skirt in 2013 and then he sued no she accused him of that then he sued her for three million and then she countersued for a dollar and one and I like love yes. that because it was just she was, Same, just, like, I was no. tearing up about that on the bus. I was like, oh, that's amazing that she did that. We all just selectively forget the good stuff that she's done because. Mm. And um, they said that. in the piece that it was the most amount of times the word "ass" has ever been said in a Colorado federal court because she was just like so <laughs> angry. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm into that as well. I really liked in the piece how she talked about the fact that everyone in the industry loved her when she was a young girl coming up who just seemed like this cute, adorable country singer who happened to make lots of money. And it was when she became a woman who started making demands about her career and started owning the money she was making and started becoming more powerful that that's when the public tide turned on her and people started to hate her. Yeah, totally. And how she said as well about making music and writing songs, you know, guys would joke that if they broke up with her or if she broke up with them that she'd write songs about them and and make a hit song and it's like it's just not actually that easy to make a hit song or I would have made a hit song about my boyfriend who made me bring him butter chicken pies every day (laughs) imagine (laughs) literally I knew you were trouble yes (laughs) Um, I guess where I went this week where oh I know (laughs) to the flea bag cafe um I can't get over what a genius concept that was for them to do that. I know. Well, at first I kind of didn't understand why they did it because when I got in there, I said to the guy who was working, this old man with a Hillary's Cafe apron on, (laughs) and I was like, I feel as though everyone knows what Fleabag is. And I didn't realize that it was because they've been nominated for the Emmys and want people to vote because that's a thing here. Uh, So it's all just about the Emmys. Interesting. Yeah. And there's heaps and heaps of billboards up at the moment. Yeah. You vote for that. Who votes for them? The public. I think so. Yeah. 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 I always thought the Emmys was a bit more respectable than a popularity vote. No. So that's why there's flea, bo- <laughs> flea bag billboards no. everywhere and then the flea bag cafe. Because I was just, I was like, this is really cool and fun petting hamsters, but I don't understand any of it. I don't understand was why it's Was it a real hamster? London. Yeah, there were heaps. Real ones? Yeah. Yes. I'd be really scared to pick one up. Mm, I picked it up and cuddled it, and the black one was so cute because you'd, it would put its head up and I would scratch under its chin, and it loved that little area, and its little buck teeth were coming out. They kind of make me sick. Yeah. Yeah. It was so cute, but then as soon yeah. as I patted it, I was like, where is your bathroom? And then spent 10 minutes scrubbing my hands. Yeah, I just find them really disgusting, and I feel bad. For All these other people just weren't person. washing their hands. I think I was the only person that went and washed their hands before I left. So weird. Yeah, I would have a disinfectant suit on. Yeah, um, but so cool. Yeah, so similar. So I recreated the hamster cafe from Fleabag. Yes. To explain, and you can see all of the pictures on at After Work Drinks Podcast Instagram account. I know one of our friends messaged me about the third photo and I couldn't understand what she was saying. <laughs> it's just a photo of me with a hamster. Yeah. And she Do you was... have a history of hating hamsters that you forgot about? I'm not sure. No, but you know, <laughs> yesterday it actually reminded me. I can't remember if I've told the story on the podcast or not, but um, when I was young, I used to have mice. I had, I had all the animals in the world and mm. I had pet you mice. like Noah's Ark. Yeah, I had snails. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and worms. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. Eliza Thornberry over here. Um, but I had a little mouse called Snowy, a white mouse. And I went away, Ooh. I don't know, for the weekend to my friend's house or something. And then I got back. And what had happened is my mouse had died somehow. 
mum thought the best idea, probably after a glass of red wine, thought the best idea would be to go to the pet shop, buy another white mouse, put it in the cage and pretend it was my mouse the whole time. Oh, Donna. Did you know? Yes. I got home and I went into my room and I looked at the mouse and I was like, that's not snowy. Where the fuck is snowy? And I picked it up by its tail and ran out crying and screaming. Are you serious? As if some, as if your parents would replace your like golden Labrador with another one and be like, "There's Buddy." Yeah, but a mouse is so different. It was my pet. I would be so annoyed if you were my child. I'd be like, "Who gives a shit?" <laughs> it's a new mouse. It's a white mouse. Who cares the other one? I bought you another one. <laughs> Yeah, I came out and I remember her like leaning against the kitchen counter with a glass of wine. And I come out screaming and holding this mouse by its tail. She was like, "Oh god." Yeah. There we go. She's like, "I have kids." Yeah. I found another really good podcast that I already sent you, so you already know about. But yep. I think our listeners. <laughs> I was like, "Oh." I know. Tell me more. Um, it's called Fashion No Filter. And I'd actually heard about it a while ago. It's by Camille Charrier and Monica Ainley, who are two influencers slash just kind of fashion personalities, both super cool, very stylish, and they've started this podcast, which is, I don't know. I mean, I think it started before after work drinks. So. <laughs> I don't want to call it after work drinks for fashion, but it's that kind of concept where it's like two friends. They're talking about the ins and outs of the fashion industry. It's they're super intelligent and they interview people like Ava Chan and Vanessa Friedman and kind of tackle different topics. And I think because they're sort of in the industry, but also influencers and not tied to a specific brand or publication, they kind of have the freedom to explore things like me too in a more free way Mm -hmm. they can kind of tackle talking about the photographers and the people and 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 they can talk about it really openly and honestly and I was yeah I just have loved it I've binged it this whole week I feel like I've listened to like seven or eight episodes yeah I've listened to one so far and I loved it but I want to listen to ones when they're not interviewing people as well just to hear their chat their chat's really good and their older ones which they stopped doing because they were like I'm gonna be honest we just ran out of time because Monica lives in Paris and Camille lives in London, but they used to do a topic, like they did a street-style topic, and then they interviewed Caroline Vreeland, Tommy Ton, Scott Schumann from The Sartorialist, a fashion designer, and then they recorded themselves outside the Chloe show, rushing in and talking about all the people they were seeing, and it was just super cute. So good. They were like, okay, all the photographers are going psycho. Who is it? Oh, it's Olivia Palermo. This is what she's wearing. She always looks so good. And they're just really positive, which I really like. They just talk so positively about everyone. And they're not these negative, they're not negative or mean. And they're really optimistic. And they were talking about their highlights from London Fashion Week. And they were, Camille said, you know, I never get invited to the Simone Rocha show, but it was still my favorite show because I think what she does is so amazing. Or, Monica said, I wasn't invited to the last few JW Anderson shows, but I was this year and I was so proud and grateful because I think he's so incredible. Like they're very, they're not snarky or mean or or putting on airs to pretend that they're more important than they're not or anything. I really like them. Yeah, I love that because I feel like if it was me on you, I'd be like, great, so take a photo of me front row at Victoria Beckham and then send it to me and I'll put it on my Insta stories. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Or we just pretend the shows we weren't invited to didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to go to the night shows. I actually prefer going home and cooking. <laughs> and they were, they talked when they talked about London Fashion Week, Monica was at the party where Victoria Beckham got drunk and started <gasps> singing. Yes. And she was about it and she said you knew at that moment that you were watching it, that you were just watching history. <laughs> yes. It's like me with The Bachelor. Yeah, <laughs> with the bachelor. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. What is that you're drinking? Okay, so I got sent at work this week alcoholic kombucha, which I feel like perfectly encapsulates me and you because I feel like it's really healthy, but it also has alcohol. <laughs> it's so good. Does it just <laughs> taste like kombucha? Yeah, it's actually really delicious. I feel like we're going to be like 
Welcome to After Work Drinks. How does it go again? The um, weekly dose of news, pop, pop culture, and alcoholic kombucha. And kombucha. <laughs> yes. I wonder if I can get it over here. What's it called? It's called Naughty Booch, which I don't enjoy saying, but <laughs> yeah. that's what it's called. And it's actually delicious and it's not sweet because I hate alcoholic drinks. That are, I just I always drink wine and nothing else because everything in a can is usually like a Coke with 400 extra kilos of sugar. Yeah, cider is way too sweet for me. I love kombucha though. Anton hates the taste. No, I love it. Zach was trying to make our own kombucha. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, that was foul. Was to make a scoby in the house, and then he literally ended up in the hospital with pneumonia, which I know doesn't sound related, but I was like, it has something to do with that fucking disgusting kombucha you were trying to make. Um, wait, where did you get it from again? I got sent it at work, but I think you can just buy it at Wickerland at Coles or something. Yum. I know. I'm just drinking my LaCroix again. It reminds me of LaCroix, even though it's really different. <laughs> because it's in a can? Yeah, exactly, because it's in a can and it's kind of got the veil of health around it. I feel like we should be on the um, can. A photo of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. After work, alcoholic kombucha. We could. We should, like, launch a line of Alco Pops or something. No, like how Our the first fat Jew did um, the rosé. Skinny bitch rose. Yeah, rose-y. exactly. Skinny bitch rose. What would ours be? After work drinks Pinot. Uh yep. <laughs> With our logo picture on the front. I would buy that. I'd buy that. Maybe let's do it. Buy the hell out of that. Also, I meant to tell you, which you already know, but I went to our friend Ella's birthday dinner last night and it was such a good idea. What she had, it was horribly, it's horribly cold in Sydney at the moment. We've had like a cold snap, so it's freezing and windy all the time. And she had at her house a sit-down dinner with 18 people and she got it catered and then everyone chipped in some money and then just bought their own alcohol. And it was the most delicious food. There was like a huge spread, pastas and mac and cheese with truffles and a huge focaccia with like fresh chopped tomato and stuff for bruschetta it was just heaven and then everyone was just there until midnight and it was just really nice and you chatted to people you hadn't met before and I was like why doesn't everyone do this all the time but I feel like we always after we read um the Vanity Fair Diaries by Tina Brown we we just kept saying that we wanted to host dinner parties we kept trying to make it happen and then we never did because a neither of us can cook and we didn't think of the catering thing so she really yes won there and then b we just never got round to it but, but <laughs> we're lazy. Be, we're lazy. But I just love what I love about that is when you're at a house, you're so much more free. Like you can go up and sit on a couch. You could put on other music. You could dance. You you end up chatting to people you don't chat to. Whereas like at events or at proper dinners, even if it's with eight people, you still won't talk to the other people at the other end of the table. Exactly, and you just feel so comfortable and relaxed. You're not being like, oh, we're going to have to leave at the end of the dinner or how are we going to split the bills or how, I don't know, we can't talk because this is a crowded restaurant and people can hear us. You can just be really candid and open and chatty and it's, I don't know, I just loved it. And also on the way out, because she lives in Potts Point, um, I was getting the train home because I bought a pair of fucking shoes this week and now I'm poor. And, and then really tried nice to sell car. them to me when she freaked out about not having money. <laughs> I was like, can you not? I forgot about that already. <laughs> I know. I actually can't tell you the Homer's odyssey of a personal torment that has gone on into this pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. I've never spent so much time thinking about a single thing. But anyway, so I was getting the train home and this really nice couple, because she lives in Potts Point, so it's quite near King's Cross, which can be a bit dodge. This couple were like, are you getting an Uber? And I was with my friend who was getting an Uber. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we're getting an Uber. And then I started walking to the train station and they like rolled down their windows and they're like, we knew you were lying, you sneaky bitch. And they're like, let's drive you to the station. (laughs) They were the best. And then I got in their car. They had this baller Land Rover and they were like, yeah, we just (laughs) The girl, she was literally an angel from heaven above. And as they were driving me to the station, they said, yeah, we're just really conscious at the moment because six weeks ago an ice head broke into our house in the middle of the night and threatened to kill us. 
Oh, my God. In Mona Vale, even around that area, in a nice beachy area, and they he kicked the door seven or eight times and he had a knife when he got into the house and the police had to restrain him. Oh, my God. That's such an L.A. thing to happen. I know. It was wild. So that got me a lift to the station. So, you know, silver lining to everything. Um, we haven't talked about publicly, and I, we haven't even talked on Skype about this, but I met Grace's other best friend last week. Yes. How was that? I felt a bit nervous. It was like a blind date set up almost. I know. Message, it was, she said, I feel a bit nervous, but I feel embarrassed about that. And I was like, no, it's, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Coaxing her through it. When she arrived, it was funny because she said that she sent that to you and you're like, it's going to be fine. And then to me, you messaged me and you're like, I'm quite nervous. What if you don't like each other? <laughs> you're just picking oh. who to who to offload to. Yeah, I was like, I can't say that to her because it's just going to exacerbate her anxiety. Um, no, but we got along so well um, and we're going to, from next week onwards, she's taking over as the co-host of After Work Drinks. Oh my God, I was so worried this would happen <laughs> that you'd hit it off on the outer we actually hit it off so much and i was like how is one human just so pretty and smart and kind and fun i know she's an angel she's we met when we were 12 or something and she's just one of those people where you're just going to be friends forever but the reason and she's I'm a nurse you... is my the best sounding board for me whenever i complained about stuff at work because i remember once i was like oh i had a really shit day about something stupid and i was like sorry how was your day and she said, oh, it was okay. We had to amputate a man's gangrenous toe. And when the surgeon cut it, it flew across the room. And I had to get oh on my hands God. and knees and find it. I know. She was like, I see balls every day. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And she said she was like, to the doctor, I think I'm going to faint. And he screamed across the room, toughen up, Phaedra. Oh, my God. He was stitching it up. That's so disgusting. It's the worst story I've ever heard. And I was like, I can never, ever, ever complain about work again in my life. I'm so sorry. It was so funny because we went to this little French bistro called La Poubelle. Um, and I've been there pretty much every day. It's my new local. And they have a very good happy hour. Um, and we had happy hour drinks there. And then I was sort of planning on heading home. But Fades was only in LA for two days. So she was like, come on, let's go to another bar. So I called my friend who's always out and we went and met up with her at this other bar and there are a bunch of quite cool people there and me and Fades were a little bit drunk and Fades literally cornered one of them and was like, this is how you find out about cancerous cells. <laughs> and, I, and I was so... And she was like, I just had a flashback to last night when I was talking to someone and I was telling him how a cancer forms in a cell in vivid detail and I don't know why I did that. Yeah, me and her were talking about nursing for so long. It's so funny, but it's interesting. I'm fascinated by it. And I also, I, I just think that sometimes I feel like it's so dumb that I feel like we get more positive feedback on our job than nurses who literally spend every day saving people's lives. And people are like, oh, cool. And then you're like, I work at a magazine and people are like, wow. Yeah, that's incredible. How did you get into that? It's actually so interesting learning about nursing, to be honest. I'm very, very into it. Yeah. When I got my when I got my surgery done, and it was such a small surgery compared to what a lot of people get, it just gave me such an appreciation. A lot of our friends from Perth that Fades is in the group with are nurses, and it just gave me this complete newfound appreciation for it. Because when you're going into a surgery or something, you're so nervous and anxious and you know, a nurse who spends her day with people with like way more serious health concerns than you could very easily just say, don't worry, or be kind of annoyed that you're making a big deal out of nothing. But I had the nicest girl who was so helpful and so funny and so cute. And it just completely changed the whole experience for me. Mm. And also nurses. At the last minute and are just like blah, 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 and whatever. Like the nurses are the people facing girls who make the whole experience either good or bad i feel and also nurses are the ones that actually know all around the board knowledge about everything whereas doctors usually specialize in one thing so my housemate had an operation the other day and she called her dad and her dad was just like what wait they didn't give you that and he's a doctor and he had no idea what was mm. going on and then she called her mum, and her mum just gave her all this advice and told her what to follow up with the doctors and what to do and how many days rest she needed and all of these things and she was like my mum knows so much more than my dad 
That's so good. Mm. We love nurses. Love. <laughs> oh, I quickly want to talk about, which I know you haven't read yet, so it's annoying, but Colson Whitehead's new book, I just finished it, and it's one of the best books I've ever read, and I couldn't recommend it highly enough out of everything that we've recommended on this podcast. Colson Whitehead is an African-American writer whose last book, The Underground Railroad, won the Pulitzer Prize, and Izzy recommended it to me and gave me the book, and I stole it. Mm-hmm. Apologies. It's actually being adapted into a TV show by Barry Jenkins. Huh. He did moon Yeah. I know that because I listened to an interview with Colson Whitehead on Fresh Air, which everyone should listen to as well. I love it but when that book... happens and you read something and then you just want to like learn everything about them. Yeah, it's fascinating because this book, it's called The Nickel Boys, and it's about one of those kind of horrendous reform schools where the boys are beaten up and treated really terribly and it's about a young black kid called Elwood who is really ambitious and wants to go to college and kind of he basically hitches a ride to go to college and it turns out the guy he's hitched a ride with stole the car and he gets implicated with it and he gets sent to this reform school even though he kind of did nothing wrong and then it follows what happens at the school which is horrendous and then him at different decades later in his life and all the ways that like he just couldn't ever fulfill his potential because he was so scarred from what happened at the school but it's actually based on a real life school oh my god they uh colson whitehead was working on another book and then he read this news story about this school where they'd been excavating and they'd found all these unmarked graves of young boys at this school that had been around since the early 1900s and then started investigating and realized that there had been just horrendous abuse going on, mainly violence, like physical violence against these boys for decades and decades. And then survivors came out and started speaking out and then that inspired him to write the book. So it's very loosely based on a real place. That's so crazy. That's like an island. I'm going to butcher this because it's just popping into me off the top of my head, but an island, how the young woman who got pregnant because they're so Catholic there, they were Mm -hmm. sent to those boarding schools to have the kid and then they would take the children away from them and put them up for adoption but then heaps and heaps of the children would die and there'd just be all these unmarked graves in the in the back mm. and then now there's all still women trying to find the lot their lost children yeah yeah it's just the things that they did in that era is just so revolting and there was no accountability and it just fucked people up for life that's kind of the best part of the book is it shows you yes, this thing is horrendous, but this one-year period in your life can completely ruin your entire future. Mm. It sounds kind of, it sounds like a depressing read, like sort of like a little life is. Yeah, it, I, I, I'm only a few chapters into a little life, but it reminded me a lot of it. It's quite depressing, but just so amazingly written and quite lean. Like you could rip through it pretty quickly. So is this you trying to start an AWD? book club yeah i know no one's gonna fucking read it and, <laughs> and, and that she's gonna read it next week and everyone's gonna be like wow great recommendation he loved the nickel boys no you know what though books just take a long time to go off you just got that book like the week it came out whereas um a little life came out four years ago or something right but i'm right on the pulse with this one so you know <laughs> here we go breaking news breaking news Izzy, we've talked a lot on this podcast about the link between anxiety and social media. I mean, a lot. It's something we're both super aware of, especially since we both suffer from anxiety. And pay a little too much attention to our Instagram grids. It seems to affect young women especially, which is why we're so proud to be partnering with Sports Girl on their Be That Girl campaign, which was created to help dismantle some of the more unrealistic standards that exist in the age of Instagram. Sports Girl are encouraging women to celebrate and share their extraordinary images, the small moments in the everyday that make you happy instead of everything being so curated and perfect. And I love that they've partnered with women like Flex Mummy and Jade Tucci. The thought of being able to post whatever you want on Instagram instead of worrying about what filter makes your left elbow look better is so appealing to me. Totally. It's Clarendon, by the way. <laughs> Thank you so much to Sports Girl for sponsoring this episode of After Work Drinks. Head to sportsgirl.com.au to find out more about Be That Girl. What? What? Miley Cyrus and Lynn Hemsworth have broken up. What? Is it confirmed? Someone just posted it in AWD. Breaking news, real breaking news. What's going on? This can't be real. 
Is people reporting it? Yeah, people. A rep for Cyrus told people oh, that the couple agreed to separate. What? Holy shit. Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth split. This is so annoying because when this episode comes out, it would have been four days since this happened. But you guys are hearing it as it's happening. I know. I was like, we're not going to cut this. You're getting a red hot live read of what it, we're like when I we're feel, hearing this. this is crazy. I feel oddly emotional. I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense to me. Wow. Oh, she wasn't wearing her... The, you know those, how I sent you those photos of her yesterday and I was just like, this one's really feeling herself at the most. She just kept posting like the funniest photos where she's dancing around in her bikini. She's not wearing her wedding ring. Apparently. That's when the rumours started and then a rep confirmed it. Far out. They only got married, what, six months ago? Oh, my goodness. And also they're just the cutest couple in the world. I know. I thought that they'd, like, had their breakup and got back together and that they were going to stay together forever. And, and bright news, Liam Hemsworth's on the market. <laughs> Izzy, this is not the time. <laughs> Show some respect. I know. <laughs> Wow, I'm actually upset about that. They're one of my favourite celebrity couples. I'm upset about it because I love how Liam Hemsworth just seems like such a surfer dude who doesn't care about fame, doesn't care about anything like that, and then he just goes out with the most crazy girl who just is out and about, completely herself, and he just loved her, and she just loved her boring Australian guy. I don't understand what could have happened Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com in a six-month period to end a marriage like i know it's so weird it's so weird she's looking very good at the moment yeah she is that body she was i already told you she was so bad when i saw her life yeah maybe that's why <laughs> he was just like i can't deal with this embarrassment i can't deal with watching another one of your live concerts <laughs> it was actually so i was so excited to see her and it was so bad i couldn't even convince everyone to stay for the whole time also i was talking to my girlfriend on friday night about um she went to glastonbury this year and she said kylie minogue live at glastonbury is the best thing she's ever seen in her entire life full stop do you know the best thing Which... i've ever seen in my entire life was also at Glastonbury and it was Dolly Parton. Yeah, right. Similar vibes. Mm. She had it. Those unexpected people. She had on a full sequin jumpsuit and was telling us all about who Jolene was. Heaven. And then she was. Jolene. Yeah, and then she was going on about how at the time she was like, don't try and steal my man. And now she's like, just take him. I don't even want him, Jolene. (laughs) Please take him off my hands. Yeah. (laughs) He's such a nightmare. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sorry. R.I.P. to... They didn't even have a couple named, did they? And also props to Kate Lancaster, who was like the breaking news editor of Afterwork Drinks. <laughs> Our friend. Oh yeah, and then this morning in, in Crazy News, she broke to us that... Um... Jeffrey Epstein has died by suicide, which is... That was one of the news stories that I've read and been like, whoa. Well, yeah, and also everything that I'm sorry, I'm like I'm replying in real time to. Did you see my face? I'm literally like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm replying in real time to my and Liam splitting. But I'm scowling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on our AWD group messaging everyone. Like, <laughs> everyone who's heartbroken. Um, yeah. So Jeffrey Epstein dying. I also thought 
that he was on suicide watch, but apparently the New York Times has said he wasn't, which is weird because he tried to commit suicide three weeks ago. I didn't know that. Yeah. The whole thing, I, I, it, was, it was really shocking to me. It made me feel a little bit sick and sad. I don't, I don't know why. I felt like some sort of collective culpability for it, which I know is completely wrong and not the case. But I, I just, I don't like this gleeful, some people were like, yeah, yes, that's what he deserves. And I was like, I don't think we should ever be thrilled or happy about someone committing suicide. I felt, um, I felt really sad for all of the victims who would have woken up to that news this morning. Yes, I think, I think that's a very good response to it. I think it meant that they didn't get their time to face him in court and get justice. And I don't think it's an added kind of emotional burden to them on top of everything else. And um, um, so many people in every single post that I've seen about Jeffrey Epstein dying, so many people are like, well, that's too crazy. That It can't be a coincidence because literally that day, all of the documents were unsealed. It's going to implicate hundreds of really, really powerful men. And so basically yeah. these Instagram detectives are saying that he probably didn't commit suicide. <laughs> thinking he didn't I know there's an insinuation that he's been like knocked off by the mob but I just I I mean I think that kind of thing breeds conspiracy theories but I just don't know I don't really understand unless something absolutely wild comes out in those sealed documents and I'll change my tune I mean I just don't understand what I feel like he's more likely to commit suicide because of something that's in those sealed documents about him you know yeah. what I mean? And that's why it relates to that date rather than because, like, if the documents are open anyway, why would someone then... Yeah, I was, I kind of thought, but obviously I'm wrong, that because he'd, he had died that now the documents wouldn't be read out because they were being read out for the court case. Or is that not, not true? They'll still be, obviously, they're unsealed I now. think they'll still be, yeah. I don't know the ins and outs of it. I think some people have said it'll stop him from testifying, but I kind of highly... I think those documents that they're talking about, they're not even necessarily Jeffrey Epstein's individual testimony. They're just all part of a larger case that related to a lot of people. So I just, yeah, I understand the allure of a conspiracy theory, but I also think people are running quite rampant with it, but happy to be proven wrong, as always. <laughs> this could very easily be an episode of American Crime Story, season six or something. I'm very excited. That, sorry about all of the noise, if anyone's noticing it. I'm just going to ignore it. I have American housemates everywhere with friends around. It's Saturday night, and then I don't know what else is <laughs> happening. It sounds like my building's falling down. Yeah. Is before? I don't know if we'll keep it in. She's like, I feel like I'm in the middle of an earthquake and Coachella is so loud here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm locked in a steaming hot room. Oh. And now you're doing like yoga positions on Skype to get comfortable and your face has a nice sort of glossier glow to it. Mm, it's sweat highlighter. Yeah, one of the few benefits of the heat. But yes, I was like, we need to talk about this, which is the new American crime story. Mm, Beanie Feldstein. Beanie Feldstein is playing Monica Lewinsky in an adaptation of A Vast Conspiracy by Jeffrey Tubin, which I had coincidentally, I'm halfway through reading. Of course you are. Isn't that so like? Isn't that so random? But it's not that random actually, because Jeffrey Tubin wrote the OJ book that they adapted. Oh, the one that you loved. Yes, and that was what the People vs OJ was based on. So it makes sense. He's a really mm. good writer. And Monica Lewinsky is one of the producers, which is great. I just cannot put into words how much I love that woman. She is the best. Her on Twitter is just heaven. I love Sarah Paulson as well. Sarah Paulson as Linda Tripp is just inspired casting. And I love that no one knows who's playing Bill Clinton because everyone's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so good. That's going to be amazing. Um, I booked tickets to go and see Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets at the Hollywood Cemetery in two weeks' time. <laughs> FYI. Just a PSA. <laughs> that is the most random. It's not even a segue. Just fact. I, lo <laughs> I mean, I love it, but so, so random and so random that the Hollywood Cemetery is doing a screening of Harry Potter 2. Yeah, you know how many people I'm going with? Like 30. That's how many of us care. Are they doing each of the movies or just that one? I think just that one. 
God. <laughs> I'm wondering what the reaction was in LA to all this Soul Cycle Equinox drama because I feel that LA would have been hit the hardest by the boycott Soul Cycle movement. Yeah, it actually was. It's crazy. Um, my friend Stephen goes to Equinox, which is just the um, the unofficial LA gay gym. So I messaged him. <laughs> um, <laughs> And he was quite devastated. I don't think he'll give up his membership. I think he'll just, like, kind of disguise himself and go in there. But I've also, I've never been to Soul Cycle before, and I've wanted to go. And it was in the last two weeks that I was getting preached at to go to Soul Cycle. And so I'd been texting my friend, trying to organize when we were going to go, because it sounds incredible. It sounds like... Yeah, it sounds really intense. When I, so basically, just to give context, if you haven't heard, the uh, a part investor kind of silent investor of Soul Cycle and Equinox was revealed to have had a really large scale Donald Trump fundraiser at his house in the Hamptons last week. And it was like $150,000 a ticket and people were making seven figure donations to the Trump 2020 campaign. And so when everyone found out, they were like boycott Equinox, boycott Soul Cycle. Yeah. And everyone was like, yeah. And then snuck into the gyms anyway on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically that was me. I texted my friend and I was like, at least the classes will be empty now. Because the, the thing is, the guy's, yeah, he's just like a silent investor. He doesn't really have all that much to do with it. But it is crazy. I mean, there's probably a better way to just hate on him. He also, um, he's also a part investor in um, Mama Fuko and Major Domo, which are David Chang's restaurants. Like ah, this, interesting. Yeah. I mean, when you're a billionaire, you're an investor in lots of stuff. Like, it's kind of hard to boycott every single thing that they're a part of. But there was a fascinating, amazing piece by Philip Picardi, who was the ex-British, uh, sorry, ex-Teen Vogue editor, um, who wrote a piece for Business of Fashion. And Stephen Ross, who's the Equinox Soul Cycle guy that everyone's up in arms about, what he said was actually the more interesting thing is that he was part of this $500 million development of Hudson's Yards in New York. And that they are moving New York Fashion Week permanently to Hudson's Yards next season. And he's saying that if you have a problem with him and what he stands for, fashion, the fashion industry should put their money where their mouth is and not give all of this money to this new development that he's created. And he's encouraging people to boycott any events at Hudson's Yard this Fashion Week in September. Prabal Gorong, the New York Fashion Week designer, was going to host a big 10th anniversary show at Hudson's Yards, and he's pulled out and released a statement saying that it's completely not in line with anything that I believe in, and I refuse to show anything there. So it's kind of taking off. It's wow, amazing. that's so good. It's so interesting. And he basically wrote about the fact that Stephen Ross's wife is a jewellery designer, and she's part of the CFDA, and she's she posts all over her Instagram stuff about women's rights and women's rights to choose and LGBTQ rainbows and all this stuff on her Instagram grid. And he said it highlights the hypocrisy of the super elite where they refuse to see the connection between hosting a fundraising lunch for Donald Trump and posting about all these social movements that are only underway because Donald Trump is in power and is rolling back rights for all these marginalized groups. He was like, that's just a privilege you get when you're mega wealthy to be like, oh, I can do both and it's not hypocrit hypocritical. Oh, man, that's so crazy. I know, but it's gone viral. I'm just so happy and inspired and impressed by him that it's gone so off. Last week we mentioned that the Victoria's Secret show, it was rumoured to have been cancelled when Shanina Shake said in an interview that she wasn't training for it this year. And then since then, a few things have happened. Firstly, um, Victoria's Secret's first transgender model was confirmed, um, a girl called Valentina Sampaio. And she, she's so beautiful. Yeah, she's She's stunning. more beautiful than any of the other angels put together. She looks like Sarah Sampaio. They look very similar. Yeah, they look very similar, yeah. Um, is she being made an angel? No, or? she was just booked uh -huh. for the brand's pink campaign. She's just in a campaign. Ah. Yeah. Um, but it's the first time they've ever hired a transgender model. Um, and then straight after that, the brand's, what's his title? Chief Marketing Officer? Ed Razik yeah. has resigned and he was the one that was kind of rumored to be like responsible for the brand being so behind the times and being so 
anti. Did that horrendous interview with Vogue last year where he was like, this is a fantasy and a fantasy doesn't include people of other sizes and transgender women and really rough. And he was so much a part of that Victoria's Secret band. Like, you know, when all the models used to post, they'd be like, at Victoria's Secret, at Ed Ruzek. Mm-hmm. He just yeah, had yeah. himself at the Nexus, everything. Yeah. yeah. I actually did an interview this week um, with my friend, our friend Mel from Sydney Morning Herald, because she wrote a big piece on um, Victoria's Secret about how it's too little, too late for the brand. And she wanted me to talk about it because I went last year. The first thing I thought when they announced they'd cancelled the show this year was that Izzy had potentially gone to the last one ever. Mm. It's crazy, eh? I just do it think is crazy. that it is too late. I just think that they had a chance. They, You have to be so quick. They had a chance to make a change and they just didn't do it. Yeah, and it, there is something incredibly tokenistic about hiring uh, your first black angel and hiring your first transgender model in a six-month period after you've got heaps of backlash. Mm. It just seems very reactionary and tokenistic and it's kind of, to me, the worst possible way you could go about salvaging your brand afterwards and I do just think I do think that Victoria's Secret had this time and place that where we all loved it but it I was re-watching some of the footage this week at work and it just felt really really outdated to have a whole horde of mega thin mega tall women scantily clad walking down through a pack of like cheering Men and women, but, you know, it all just felt a little bit old-fashioned and kind of weird, just all of a sudden. It's kind of like in the last 18 months, it's just flipped mm. and started to feel super dated. And even with the show, because everyone was saying they needed to hire plus size, I feel like them hiring Barbara Pelvin, who is at best an 8 to a 10, was their yes. attempt, and then making her an angel after she walked in 2013 or something, and then they didn't hire her back. 14, 15, 16, 17, and then all this backlash happens and they're like, oh, yeah, you're, you're fine. And they literally try to make out, like, the um, English model they hired. I don't even know her name. Alexandra something. That that was diverse because she was a redhead. Oh, They yeah. literally try to suggest that. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's just so crazy. And I'm like, it's not hard and it's also really frustrating because that would be such an amazing platform to have a super diverse runway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It would make such a statement to the broader industry to do that. I just, it could spotlight some incredible plus size models who we're not yet aware of. It could really, they have, the angels have such a power to catapult a model into international stardom. I don't get why you wouldn't use that power to do something really positive and make a strong impact about diversity in fashion. I just, yeah. And the annoying thing is, is that they've actually have been, as a positive point, they actually have been really racially diverse since right from the offset they've always had women of all different races but i'm just like why on earth would you not have women of different sizes or different genders or you know it's just like so weird also it's worth mentioning as well that this actually links to jeffrey epstein because that was another really bad bout of pr for them was that in the jeffrey epstein implication was an associate of his i think his accountant who we mentioned last week used his connections to victoria's secret to tell women that he was doing castings at his house and then sexually assault them. Yeah, and um, and, that photographer, yeah. and what Diet Prada came out with with that photographer, Timur Emac, and he would say that he was shooting Victoria's Secret models in the Bahamas and then get all these young models to come over and when they arrived there'd be not, none of the Victoria's Secret angels that they were promised and then they would hold them on the island and oh, it just sounds horrible. Well, it's sex trafficking, so yeah. Yeah. Like a, a year of very bad press for Victoria's Secret. They get, I'm sure they're having a few crisis management meetings about. <laughs> I know. I saw someone, I don't know where I saw this, but someone wrote something brilliantly where um, there was a headline saying Victoria's Secret are trying to figure out what to do now that Ed Rezix has resigned or left. And someone wrote, here's a, here's a hot tip, hire a woman. Yeah, literally, mm. for a lingerie company. Mm. Like, And also I read um, finally... I got my hands on the British Vogue issue with Carly Kloss on the cover and I read the full interview with her and that was another thing that was kind of serendipitous timing where she said that she didn't make a big song and dance of it at the time but she left Victoria's Secret because she just felt like it didn't mesh with her values and it didn't mesh with the vision of 
herself that she wanted to put out to the world and the ideas in it is not what she wanted her young female fans to see. Yeah, and at the time they said it was because she was busy with uni. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. She's such a smooth operator. I'm I know. a big fan of hers. She's so clever. So clever. I asked her about Donald Trump in that interview and she did such a good job of dodging the question. I feel like she's a little politician in the making. What did she say? Because Elaine Welteros interviewed her and they're both judges on Project Runway. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it must be awkward dinner with the in-laws. Yeah, because, because Carly's husband's brother is Josh, Jared Kushner, and he's Josh Kushner. Yeah, yeah and, and her and Josh Kushner literally go to rallies against Trump. So <laughs> like crazy. Crazy. But she said something like, I, I just focus on, it can be difficult, but I just focus on the values I share with my husband and that keeps me strong or something. Some real, like, dodge the question answer. So, so good. It's so funny. I feel like like they weren't even invited to the wedding. Really? I don't. Well, I don't think so. If they did, they kept them well off. <laughs> well, media. Ivanka, you're banned from your phone. Yes. Also, actually, quickly on that, I, I read a really great piece in New York Magazine about Ivanka Trump after we'd already been talking about it, and they've just launched a ten-part podcast, a deep dive into her and her relationship with her dad. They interview sixty of her friends. They look at like how her positions have shifted since she got into the white house and how she's basically just sort of gone more and more and more into the right wing circle because every, all of her friends from the New York elite have just abandoned her and don't want to talk to her anymore. So she's just embraced the right because they adore her. Apparently there's a whole campaign to get her to run as his VP in 2020 oh because my God. the right, the right wing contingent who are obsessed with Donald Trump are obsessed with her. Hmm. There was a quote in there from one of this this Republican guy who said, there have been brilliant women in history like Angela Merkel and Queen Elizabeth I, and there have been beautiful women in history, but very rarely have there been beautiful, brilliant women, and Ivanka Trump and Cleopatra are two of them or something. What? It was like the most insane quote you've ever heard. It was just disgraceful. Yuck. (laughs) She is the worst. Don't you feel like when we talk about these things, everything is so six degrees of separation? Yeah. It's Carly Kloss related to Ivanka Trump and Donald Trump, and then Carly Kloss worked with Victoria's Secret, and Jeffrey Epstein was friends with the Clintons and with Donald Trump. Now Jeffrey Epstein's in jail and he's committed suicide, and that's been linked to, like, royalty and prime ministers. Like, everyone's so fucking connected Mm. in these, like, positions. And that's what the Daily um, Woman... Megan Twohey, how she was saying that she was investigating Weinstein and then Weinstein led to... No, and then she was investigating Trump and then now she's investigating Jeffrey Epstein and all three of them know each other and are connected. And she just had no idea. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm going to say this very quickly because I know that people don't care. It's another one of my rogue suggestions. But I have been watching on Netflix. It's called The Last Czar. And it's basically like a Netflix series that just came out about... um, the last SARS in Russia and like Rasputin and all that stuff. And I love it, but it kind of just reminded me that this whole, we've kind of just recreated the aristocracy thing now, but we just call it by a different name. You know what I mean? Mm. Like rich, powerful people have always just had all the power and have been able to use their wealth to exert power and have just had weird advisors that they listen to for weird reasons and make crazy decisions. And the people just kind of have to deal with it or revolt against it. And, I don't know, I just thought watching this, it's all about this guy who's in a gilded palace who kind of has no idea what he's doing but has inherited this job and every decision he makes is kind of wrong because he's got no idea what goes on in people's everyday lives. And I was like, the whole Trump thing just feels like aristocracy again. Yeah, and that was a business fashion business of fashion piece I read or another one and it said that um, off the back of the Hamptons fundraiser that the Equinox and Soul Cycle guy was doing, that Trump's campaign has raised $101 million, and Bernie Sanders, who's the top um, Democrat nominee, has raised 37 Yeah, exactly. So it's exactly. like, who's going to win? Yes. This is what I mean. It was like that documentary we watched last week about targeted advertising. Like, Donald Trump literally just funneled hundreds of millions of dollars 
mm. into manipulative Facebook ads and then just won. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, he's, he's going to win because he has too. enough money. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you shouldn't be allowed to do that. You shouldn't be allowed to just have more personal money and then win things. It's not exactly. Fair. That's what I mean, but that's just how the that's how the system works. So annoying. I hate Donald so much this week. I just feel like the joke is over, and I just need him to be out of office. You know, it's crazy how many we forget because we are so surrounded by like-minded people. It is just crazy how many people, like. I met someone the other day who lives in California who was like to me, I'm a Republican and voted for Trump. Yeah, it's just like, what does he have to do? And I literally had had a couple of wines and was ready for bed. And I was just like, I cannot deal with this right now. I know. What? You're a woman? Yeah, just just what does he have to do now? To put you offside. I just don't understand. Mm. Like those pictures of him at that El Paso hospital holding a baby orphaned by a mass shooting by a man who was inspired by Donald Trump's words. Mm. And he's got his thumb up with the baby. Yeah, and that viral um, video of the girl crying because her parents have been detained because they're doing all the raids. So horrible. Yeah. I know. Um. God, it's a depressing episode. Trump, Miley, and Liam. <laughs> I'm serious. I know, we started off on such a light note and it's just kind of gone increasingly downhill and depressing by the end. I can't actually deal that they've gotten a divorce. I'm <sighs> really, really surprised. Me too. Really surprised, surprised, shocked, sad, angry. <laughs> Frightened. Wow. Okay. Shall we wrap it up? I've got to go and read more about this. Split. I actually did. You, did I tell you when I got when they got married that I um got drunk and watched the last song? Oh God, really? And I fell asleep halfway through it, and the next day I was like, "What's going on here? <laughs> what happened last night? <laughs> yeah, last night got buck wild." God, E! News just knows how to, like, go crazy on Instagram, eh? What did they do? They've posted about 17 photos from their wedding already. Oh, my God. Ever evolving, changing as partners and individuals, they've decided this is what's best while they both focus on themselves and careers. They remain dedicated parents to all of their animals they share. It would be me and Anton if we split up. (laughs) The public service announcement. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! They've posted so much. Yeah, and then if you scroll down, it's Camilla Marone taking a photo of Leonardo DiCaprio in the spa. That's so cursed. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap it up and see you guys next week. Please rate, review, subscribe. You know the drill. Yeah, keep doing it. Don't stop. And please share on Instagram stories. Also, today I lost Instagram likes. They're gone. Oh, my God. It's finally happened. Mm-hmm. I feel very free. I've been doing stuff like sharing a book I'm reading. I was going to um, like... comment on it last night, but I thought you might get upset. <laughs> so someone's really going for it with the likes removed. <laughs> Just a book yeah, on a table. no. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. exactly what's happened. I feel so free now. I can just be myself. I've stopped posting anything, so that's me being free. <laughs> I'm starting to feel now like we need to be like late to the party influencers, but we definitely missed the boat. About seven years too late. but Literally seven okay. years too late. <laughs> we started a podcast right as it was almost too late. Really I know. there. Now we really, anyone starts yeah. a podcast, it's like that is not a thing that people do anymore exactly i know we did so well right on the cusp on the cusp yeah okay um bye guys bye oh oh my god i'm so hot i'm gonna turn this fan on
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.